Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 2? My name is David. Um, I'm one of the pastors here, for those of you who might be a little newer. Uh, We are going to be looking at something that I believe we need to learn today from the angels. You know, um, God, he's, he's always changing things and he's always trying to teach us new lessons. Have you found that? God is always trying to do something new in our hearts and he's always trying to take us deeper into who he is. And, and I believe that this passage really, um, we might have lost some of the, the wonder of this passage. And today I believe that God is going to make real to us some of the truths that I believe that he's trying to drive home to our hearts. Amen? Come on, let's, lead, let's read this uh, together. I'm going to begin in verse 8. In verse 8, and it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keep, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause Great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Do you know God's favor rests on you today? When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray. God, speak to us today. Lord, you're constantly drawing nearer to us, O God. And I just pray that today you would open up our hearts, allow us, oh God, to see what you're doing in our lives, allow us to see what you're doing in our midst. Lord, we just long to be closer to you, we long to have more of you today, and God, I just pray, oh Lord, that what is deposited today would flow out of our lives, oh God. Lord, that you, oh God, would show us your glory in a way, oh God, Lord, that would transfer to the people around us, that they might see the glory of the Lord. Lord, we love you. And we look to you and we're so grateful. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you came, oh God. Thank you that you came. We're so grateful, oh God. We didn't deserve it, but you came for us. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, this story, uh, I'm sure all of us are familiar with it. I remember when I was a kid, I had like this uh, nativity set in my house. And... um, and there was this angel uh, that, like, 
hung on the, on the, the, the front of it. And I used to love to play with that angel because it had wings, and I think it might have had a sword on it. And so I, I just remember, uh, I, I, you know, this story is like ingrained in most of our minds and our hearts because we, we've grown up hearing it. And that's, a, that's an amazing thing, but one of the things that we always have to do, especially when we come to the Word of God, is we can't ever become familiar with what God is saying. Because God, He put everything in the Bible for a reason. And every story has a, a very intentional purpose that God wants to drive into our hearts so that it can change the way that we live and it can change our perspective. And so today, as we look at this story about how the shepherds received this amazing message, I want to look at why is this in the Bible. And I believe that the Lord is actually trying to teach us a lesson from the angels. Um, the lesson from the angels, I believe, comes through this three-part process that the angels show to us. They come and they give a message. And, and you know, how many of you know that, that Christmas is, all, is a time of proclamation? I, I know that, you know, uh, it's funny when you walk around the store and all this sort of stuff, you're hearing all these amazing hymns and songs about Jesus. And in places, um, you know, Starbucks and Macy's and wherever you are, you're hearing songs about Jesus. And why is that? It's because there's a lot of good news going around. There's a lot of joy, and I believe that there's something intangible about it. I believe that the world doesn't even know it, but when there's a song that's sung about Jesus, of course you're going to be happy, because it's good news. It doesn't matter who you are. There's something that transfers, and so this is a time of proclamation. This is a season of open doors, and I believe that God wants to give us a, a secret to his will in this passage that will enable us to portray and proclaim accurately who God is to the people around us. Amen? Amen? So let's look at this. The first thing that happens in this passage, you'll see in verse, in beginning in verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So they were doing third shift, okay? They were in third shift, and this is not the most pleasant job in the world, in fact, in those days, shepherds were considered low class. Um, this might have been a, a job that you took if you um, failed out of school or you, you, couldn't, you couldn't find another job anywhere else. You might be a shepherd. And so this is a job that when, when you kind of are, are, are looking at these people, this is, these are people maybe who say, well, you know, I don't know that this is the job that I would have chosen for my life, but that's what they were doing. They were on a, on a third shift. I, you know, if you've ever worked a third shift, there, it, there's something really crazy that happens. And I, I bet you that they were probably at this point where they're like, is this really happening or is this, you know, because when you work a third shift, your mind starts doing all sorts of crazy things. But they were working through the night. They were watching their sheep and, and all of a sudden, angel this angel of the Lord shows up. And it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So this angel shows up, but notice, I want to point something out about this passage, because it's very interesting what it says. Take notice of this. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the angel shone around them. No. And the glory of of the Lord shone around them. 
This angel came from heaven. This angel was in the presence of God. And as this angel came down to proclaim this good news, it's significant to notice where the angel was before this. Because the angel didn't come down and say, hey, you know, I'm a pretty amazing angel, aren't I? You know, he, no, it's, the Bible says that he came down and the glory of God was shining. It was nighttime, but it was light now. Because this angel came down in the middle of darkness, in the middle of brokenness, in the middle of all this, you know, uh, mess. I mean, God, he totally flipped this, up, this script upside down. Uh, you can imagine that Jesus probably, uh, if I would have been writing the story, I would have said, you know, Jesus, maybe he came in and he was born right in the middle of the temple. Or like he was born in a palace and he was supposed to be a king, but that's not what happened. Jesus was, was in a stable with some animals and that's where he was born. And the message was not delivered to the authorities. It was not delivered to the kings of those days. It was delivered to a third shift group of shepherds who were just poor and out in the fields just watching sheep. You know what I think God wants us to know? Is that God loves, he loves to show up in broken places. He loves to show up in broken places. You see, the glory of God shown in that place, and here's the thing that I believe that God wants to show us, is that when you're in God's presence, God shows you that he longs to be with you. This angel, he came from the presence of God, and when he came down, it was the glory of God that shone around them. This angel had been in the presence, and so he was able to communicate God wants to be with you. God, he did everything he could to make sure that the people, uh, that we, reading this passage right now today, would understand, you know what? God came for me. God came for me. He showed up just for me. I mean, I, I, this passage, it's just... I wish that this would be like the first time that we've ever heard this story because I feel like it would be, it would be something that maybe we would see a little bit differently. But God, he, he totally, totally blew everyone's mind and he surprised everyone and he showed up in the dirty and the broken places because he wanted to show us, I will go through earth, I will go through hell just to be with you. Just to be with you because I long to be with you. God, the reason that Jesus came, this is the whole purpose, the reason that Jesus came is because he wants to be with you. Ever since the beginning, ever since the Garden of Eden where God was walking with Adam, God, ever since that moment where they took the fruit and they bit the fruit and they separated themselves from the presence of God from that very moment, and even before it, God already had a plan. He says, I have a plan to restore the relationship that I first intended. And God sent Jesus. And Jesus came because God says, I don't want, there's a song that says, God, he didn't want heaven without us. God, he longs to be with you. He longs to be with you. You know, sometimes I think that we can, we might, we might begin to feel that God is a, is a, it's a, it's a burden for God to be with us, you know. Um, 
maybe, uh, maybe when you were growing up, you know, uh, you were around adults, and when you were a kid, you got this feeling like you were a burden um, because you were. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is, no, this is, but you, <laughs> when, you're, when you're a kid, sometimes you're, you're around, when you're around adults, adults don't always have the grace, and I can attest to this. Lord, please help my kids. Um, but I can attest to this that, you know, sometimes when you're, you're trying to do multiple things, you're not always perfectly thinking about everything that's going through the heart and the mind of a child. And sometimes you can, you know, maybe we grew up and, and, and you felt like you were a burden to your parents and you felt like you were a struggle to them and you felt like something that you were just, you know, it, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a good thing that you were around. But you know what? That's not the way that it is with God. God says, I'm a good father. I love to be with you. I'm going to do anything that I can to be with you. The presence, it's why he came. It's because he longs to be with us. You know, um, I, I just, this passage is so amazing to me because I believe that what the angel was showing us is that you can also be in the presence of God. And the glory of God can also shine around you. You know, if that's why God called us to himself, if that's why he called us to himself, then I believe that God has a, an intention. You know, and I know this because, you know, we, we learn about the glory of God. And, you know, why don't you put up the definition of the glory of God? I want to give you a little bit of an understanding. What does it mean to say the glory of God? The definition of glory, and I kind of, uh, this is, this is um, from a, a Bible dictionary with a, a actually kind of two definitions kind of combined together. But it says this. It says, the singular splendor and attributes of God and its consequences for mankind. The singular splendor and attributes of God and its consequences for mankind. So what does that mean? You know, because when you say the glory of God shown around them, you know, a lot of us, what we think is we think about the latest or whatever movie or cartoon you might have seen where Jesus, uh, this angel comes and all of a sudden there's just a lot of light, okay? Which is probably accurate, but I believe that that's only a part of it because the light is definitely a part of who God is because he's the light of the world, but there's more to it. Because God is full of love, and he's full of mercy, and he's full of compassion, and he's just, and he's holy. And so when this angel came down, the reason in, 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 in the Old Testament, the word glory actually meant weight. And so the reason that the, 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 the word meant weight is because when you are in the presence of God, it is a heavy thing. All of a sudden, you're feeling the immensity of God's love. You're feeling the immensity of his holiness. You're feeling the unbelievable nature of how just he is and, and how much he knows and how, how awesome God is and all of the attributes of God are now made, you're made aware of these things. And when you're made aware of these things, no wonder the shepherds were terrified. They weren't just terrified because someone was, was shining. They were terrified because they felt the weight of God's presence in that place. And all of a sudden, their, their whole perception of, wow, all, all of a sudden, I'm very aware of how sinful I am. I'm very aware of how broken I am right now. And they were terrified. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, listen to this passage. It's powerful. It says, and we all, who with unveiled, unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. 
which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Moses in the Old Testament, he said, God, show me your glory. And the Lord came to Moses and he covered him in the cleft of the mountain. And God began to declare who he is. He says, I'm good, I'm faithful, I'm merciful. I show compassion and kindness. And he began to declare who he is. And, and as, as Moses was in the cleft of the rock there, he couldn't even look at the face of God or else his body literally would not be able to hold up and he would have died. And Today, when, well, I go back, going back, actually, Moses, when he came down from the mountain, the Bible says that he had to cover his face with a veil. Because when he came down, he didn't even know it. He was glowing, literally. He was glowing, and so the people saw him, and they're like, okay, Moses is glowing. Something's off, all right? Something's going down. And Moses had to put a veil over his face so that the people would be able to approach him because the people, they, they could sense the holiness of God coming off of Moses. And it was so convicting and so overwhelming that they said, Moses, please, just, just cover your face. But you see, that was because there was judgment associated. But this time, God came and he says, no, now the veil can be taken off. Because there's mercy. Because there's the blood of Jesus covering it. And now you can look at the face of God. You can, you can look into who God is because God came in a little baby. And the shepherds, God says, you can now, you can go and take a look because I came because I want to be with you. It's unbelievable. The presence of God, it draws us near. It draws us near. You know, um, the presence of God, it really changes your perspective on everything. And it, and it begins to do something in your, in your life because it changes the way that you think about God. It changes the way that you think about your life. And it, it changes everything. I remember, um, uh, this is a few years back, I, um, I was actually very unhealthy um, in my eating. Those of you who, who know me, I know are very shocked by that. But the, uh, I used to be very unhealthy in the way that I ate. And I thought, well... Because I'm skinny, I'm healthy, um, which turns out is not true. Um, and uh, so anyways, I went, I, I remember I was so exhausted. My body was wearing down. And I, I, remember, I remember going to the doctor and I said, doctor, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm really good, but I don't know why, but my body's just not operating the way that it's supposed to. And they said, all right, well, what are you eating? I said, why are you really healthy? He says, really? I said, yeah, I follow that triangle that I learned in school, you know. Tons of breads and pasta, and mostly breads and pasta. And he's like, okay, so, you know, and I said, oh, and I'm very, I like lots of protein. I eat lots of meat, you know. So my diet consisted of meat, bread, and potatoes, essentially. Cereal in the morning, and then sugar. Um, and, and the doctor said to me, who, who told you that you're healthy? You know, like, where did you get this perception from? And, and so I, I, anyways, long story short, I changed my diet. All of a sudden, I felt like a new person. I felt like uh, I, was, I was like awake, you know, and, and I was able to operate. And, and what was it? Well, when I changed, when my experience changed, when I started looking at something that I hadn't looked at before, all of a sudden my perception changed. And you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to tell everybody. So I became like this, like, 
like health missionary, you know? And uh, I started to tell people, I'm like, hey, you know, that cookie got gluten in it, you know? It's like, take it easy, all right? And, and people are like, hey, calm down, you know? And, and I, I just, I, it, why? Because my life was changed. I, I, I was all of a sudden, I was awake. I was alert. I, it, was, it changed me. I believe that when we get into the presence of God, there's something about us that changes and there's a message that then begins to well up in our hearts and we say, man, I, I, I've seen something that you're not gonna believe. And, and, and when the presence of God, when you're in the presence, you can't help, but it's like a fire. It's like a, like, you know, those, the, the pots that they begin to like whistle once the hot, it gets just too hot and you know that it's done because the water's boiling and the pot can't contain it anymore. Eventually the steam has to get out. And when you get into the presence of God, it's like he's cooking you and all of the things inside of you, they just begin to boil over. And soon you just have to declare who God is. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When you behold the presence, you can't help. You have to proclaim what you've seen. You can't help it. And so the angels, what did they teach us? Well, when they came down, they were full of the glory of God, and they said, hey, we have some good news. We have some good news. Look at this. Look at this. I love this verse. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, this, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The angels were in the presence of God. God sent them out. And they came with a message and they said, let me tell you the good news. You don't have to be afraid anymore. We don't have to cover our faces anymore because now the presence of God is among you. The presence of God is with you. He's in a manger right close to you. And he says, you have to go. This is amazing. Proclamation. Proclamation opens the door of God's presence for someone else. You know, it's good that we're able to come in and worship God, isn't it? I mean, there, it's like when we were singing those songs, it's just like God just begins to just melt your heart. You just, it's amazing. And, you know, as, as, uh, as I was hearing those stories about yesterday and, and what God did with the, with the outreach and these families coming in and them experiencing God's love, it's just I, my, my heart, and I know your heart as well, is that what God does in this place shouldn't stay in this place. It should overflow from our hearts everywhere we go. Because the presence of God wasn't just made for a church. It was made for stables. It was made for dirty workplaces. It was made for schools. The presence of God comes so that it can clean everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have the opportunity to open up the door of God's presence for someone else. Unbelievable. You know, um, the natural response uh, is to share. And, you know, I, I want to I give you a, a story. So the other day I was doing some Christmas shopping, and, uh, and I was at a store, and I, uh, I went to the cash register and um, just started just started talking to the guy, and I remember. And, and as I was driving uh, to the to the store, I was 
I was just praying, and I was just, I, I, I don't even remember if I was singing or what, but I was just praying, and I was just seeking the Lord as I was driving. And I was all by myself. It was late. It was right before the store closed, and he was like the only one in the store, and I, I put the stuff on the counter, and I said, hey, how you doing? And I just started talking to him. I, I, I didn't have this intention like, okay, now I'm going to pull out the track, and then I'm going to give him the gospel, and I'm going to, you know. <laughs> I didn't have that. Not to say that there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but I, that, that wasn't what, what, where I was right at that moment. And I just started talking to him. And you could tell that he was living a very different life than, than I live. And, and he had a very different uh, experience than I, than I have had. And I could, so as I began to talk to him, uh, he, he began to kind of just tell me and he said, you know, I said, so you know, how, how long you been working here? He said, 10 years. I said, 10 years? Wow. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's a job. And uh, I said, would you like it? And he's like, I guess as much as someone can like their job. And I said, well, you know, I love my job. And, and uh, he's like, oh, yeah? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm a pastor. And he said, uh, Oh, okay. And he's like, well, you know, I, I used to go to church and, and et cetera, et cetera. And he started to just tell me, and it's funny because the minute that I said that, he said, you could tell something changed. And I actually like to tell people that because it's always, it's always like, I always get this kind of look. First of all, they're like, are you old enough to be a pastor? And then, you know, they look at me and they're kind of like, is he like telling me the truth right now? You know, like, it's always a funny experience, and so I, I said, yeah, I'm a pastor, and then he, he, he like looked up, and he, and he started to just tell me about things that are going on in his life, and he got a little bit defensive. I didn't even say anything. He just started to kind of, you know, he's like, yeah, well, I grew up, and, you know, when I was growing up in church, they didn't appreciate uh, the way that I lived, and so on and so forth, and they judged me, and, and so on and so forth, and, and he started to get into the issues that were going on in his life. And what he wanted to do was either fight me or have me condone what he was doing. He was expecting me to either judge him or agree with him. But I didn't want to do either of those things. I just wanted to love him. And so he started having this conversation and, and he kind of like, you know, said a couple things and then kind of like dropped it so that it would now be in my court. And I said, I just changed the subject. I said, you know why I love my job? <laughs> I said, I just love my job because I get to help people every day walk closer to God. And they, I, I, get to, I get to walk alongside of people while they're able to experience the presence of God moment by moment. And you know what happened? He just stopped. He just looked at me and he's like, and you could tell he started to get emotional. And he's like, he's like, well, that's really good. And, and, uh, and so he began to talk. And he was like, you could tell that the Lord was, I don't even know what God was doing in his heart. But you could tell that God was just moving in his heart. And, and, he, and he says, well, you know, I, I just think that it's, you know, and then, he, and then he swore. And he says, it's amazing that you're here right now and we're talking about God. That's amazing. I said, yeah, it is. And I said, hey, can I pray for you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you know what you could pray for? He said, 
pray that my parents would understand who I am and that they would accept me and, and all these sorts of things. And, and I said, you know what I'm going to pray for? I said, I'm going to pray that God's love overwhelms you and that he overwhelms your family. And he said, okay. <laughs> but you know, what was amazing about that moment for me is like I wasn't expecting it. It kind of surprised me. And, and, but the Lord was so there in that moment. It was like the presence of God was in that moment. And you know, people, when, they, when they're encountered with the presence of God, typically the reaction is, I'm about to get judged. I'm about to receive judgment, and I'm about to, because when the presence of God comes, all of a sudden light exposes darkness, and it starts to expose all these things, and so people get a little bit shaky, and they kind of say, uh, you know, let's change the subject. Let's change the subject. But the beautiful thing about this passage is that the angel says, don't be afraid. I've brought you good news. Hallelujah. Good news. I brought you good news. Why? Because you don't have to be afraid anymore. Jesus came not because he wants to judge you, but because he wants to save you. Because he wants to love you. Because he wants to be with you. That's why God came. And it totally changes the conversation. Because now you're not talking about what's right and you're not talking about what's wrong. You're talking about how much God loves them. You're talking about the presence of God, how he wants to be near them. And you know, it's hard to be offended by love. It's hard. It's hard to be offended by love. You can, you can resist it for a little while, but man, you, you can't resist it for too long. The love of God, it wears you down. You know, when we're in the presence of God, the love of God, it just begins to it begins to over, overwhelm people. And you know, I want to encourage you. Don't ever shy away from sharing about what God has done in your life because you're afraid of the reaction. You don't even think about the reaction. That's not our job. Our job is not to, 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 to guide the reaction or to elicit a response. Our job is just to tell what we've seen and what we've heard. And you know, we, you know, it's interesting because in, in our church, we don't, we don't um, really, uh, we, we don't badger people to evangelize. We don't like, you know, uh, get all over people's cases, like invite people, invite people, um, you know, even though maybe we should have since there's no new visitors today, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but the, the <laughs> but, but uh, we don't do that. You know why? You know why? Because... It's not something that you can force. You know, I could, I could go and I could try to, to say, let me tell you this, this, and this about why you need to love Jesus. But that doesn't work. But I'll tell you what does work if you say, you know, Jesus really loves you. And it's not just a word, but it's an experience that you give to someone. You know, when you go to someone... And you're not just telling them something that you've heard from a sermon that's been microwaved and handed to them, but something that's been cooked fresh that morning Amen. in the presence of God. And you say, let me just tell you, oh, God loves you. I know. He told me this morning. It changes everything. 
Because when you're in the presence, it produces a proclamation that is now anointed and breathed on by God. God, he just loves us so much. You know, listen to this verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Listen to what Paul says. And he says, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with, with great fear and trembling my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Did you know that you don't have to have a persuasive argument when you want to talk about Jesus? But with a demonstration of the, of the Spirit's power. He didn't, Paul says, I intentionally, on purpose, did not come up with this elaborate, eloquent speech that you would have to listen to and say, well, you know, that just make, it was, it was airtight argument and logically sound. There's a place for that. But when Paul says, when I was doing the, the preaching of the gospel, that's not what I did. And I did that on purpose because I wanted people to know that when they were saved, it wasn't because they were convinced. It was because God changed them. It was because God moved on their life and it was the Spirit's power that showed himself to be miraculous. When we proclaim, we have to proclaim through God's power. God's love, it breaks down all the walls and it breaks down all the barriers. You know, there was, uh, Pastor Jose was telling me that yesterday there were, some, there were some people that came to the outreach and they were so, uh, they were struggling. They just, they, they didn't have the resources for Christmas. They didn't have a lot of things. They were struggling in a lot of ways. And, and uh, they, uh, you know, there, there was even, you know, like all of us, it, it, it kind of got to a place where there was like this wondering like, man, is God really paying attention? Pastor Jose walked up to one of the, one of the, the children of the family, and he said, hey, I know that things are rough for you right now, but I just want to let you know your father is taking care of you. And the little girl, she just went like this, and she just started to wipe the tears. She didn't say anything. But you know, when, that, when those gifts were given and that, that meal was provided, do you know what was communicated? Did you know God is speaking to you more than you realize? Did you know that when something in your heart, when God prompts you to do something, maybe he says, hey, you should go encourage that person. Look, they just look sad. Don't they look sad? Do you know when you notice something like that, we're now responsible for it. God is putting that in our core where it's like, oh, God. And, and sometimes God just says, you know, wouldn't it be great to be able to bless them with this? Or wouldn't it? And God puts all these ideas in your mind. You know, that's not just your, your imagination. That's God. He's speaking to you. Because God is constantly looking for an opportunity to show himself to the world. To say, hey, I want to show them I love them. I want to show them I care. I want to show them. And can I encourage you as you're with your family that you've been praying for, that you've been seeking God for, and you've been trying to convince that they need to come to Jesus. Let me encourage you. Say less, show more. 
When they're at the dinner table, the thing that they don't need is another uh, reason why they should be back at church. They need to know why God loves them. God cares. He loves. And when we bring the heart of God, it's hard to resist. Finally, and then we're going to pray here. When we proclaim the natural response is to praise. The natural response is to praise. Praise confirms the proclamation and pushes us into a new realm of his presence. Listen to this. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, when those angels, when they gave that story, I can imagine that they gave that news, and it was like, have you ever been in that place where you give the news, and then, like, before you're even done, you're just like, praise God. Praise God. And all the angels, I bet you that they were like, they had their ears, and they're like, they're telling them, shh, he's telling them. And then all the angels just showed up, they're like, praise God. He's here. His favor has arrived. The time has come for the presence of God to dwell among his people. And the, the angels just began to sing and they just began to worship God. And you know what happens? When we praise, all of a sudden, the proclamation that we made is confirmed because the people around us start to say, that's real. That's true. I'll never forget when I started to come to the church here, I, I remember being around Pastor Toledo and Pastor Matt. And I was just a college kid. And I remember coming around and, and it was funny because... Uh, Everywhere that they were going, they're always like, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I, I remember thinking, I'm like, I, I mean, I'm just being honest with you guys. I, I was like, I think that they're kind of fake. You know, I was like, I, I didn't know them. I didn't know, the, who, I didn't know them, obviously. I don't want you to get the wrong impression. But I'm like, why do they always say that? And, I, and as I began to learn, all of a sudden, I was like, no, wait a second. Their worship service never stops. The, the praise of God, it never stops. Because God is always good. And they believe that God is always good and it's constantly doing things every moment of the day. Hallelujah. I was like, how could someone be that happy? And they were, they were praising God and I was like, this is real. And you know what it did for me? I remember a moment, I remember saying to myself, God is really doing something here because it was confirmed by the praises of his people. You know, when you're in a, when you're in a workplace, if, you're, if your language is constantly negative and there's a, there's a complaining spirit, you're going to have a hard time convincing someone that God is good. When you're, when you're in a place, the words that you say and the, 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 the exaltation of your heart, it convinces people when something is true. You know, when joy is flowing out of your life, everyone has to look around and they say, why is he so happy? Why is, why is he praising God right now? Because when you praise God, all of a sudden people say, there's a realm that I do not see right now. There's something happening that's going on. There's an undercurrent right now that I don't quite understand. But when you begin to praise God, all of a sudden you open the doors and you show everyone. You say, see, God is so good. Let me show you the presence of God by giving him praise and by giving him glory. Hallelujah.
We were at the house the other day. We were doing a, I think it was like a, a leader's meeting for advance or something. And it was just, a, we were around the dinner table and uh, someone started, started telling a, a testimony. They started saying something that God had done that week. And, and I just remember we were in that moment and we just said, praise God. And all of a sudden we couldn't, we couldn't keep talking. You know, there's like, I don't, there's like, I don't gonna do this or whatever on the table, and we're like, there's like, we, we couldn't we couldn't eat that anymore. All of a sudden, it's like, come on, we gotta praise God. We have to praise God. We just started singing at the table because it was like God is so good. You just can't you can't hold it in. When God shows you His goodness and He shows you His power, you just have to say, God, you're good, you're good. And what happens is when you praise, God then elevates you and you're able to see Him in a different realm. You're able to see new elements of who God is. You're able to see the glory of God clearer. And then the whole process starts all over again because you get a fresh revelation and then you're able to carry a new proclamation and it, it, it elicits praise in all the people around you. Listen to this. It says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. What did they do? They went and got some of their own presents. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning him. They proclaimed what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as, the baby, just as they had been told. God, he put praise in their hearts. Come on, let's stand together. Come on, can we just lift our hands? Can you just begin to praise the Lord? Hallelujah. You're so good. You're so good, oh God. We love you, Lord. We love you, God. Hallelujah. You're good. You're good. Hallelujah. We love you, God. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. God, you've shown us your presence. You've shown us your glory. God, you're here because you long to be with us, and we thank you, oh God. We thank you that you long to be with us, Lord. And God, I, you know what? Take the hand of the person next to you. I want to pray. I want to pray for family members. I want to pray for our community. I want to pray that the glory of God would shine from our lives, that it would go to a new place, that it would go to a new realm. Come on, begin to call out names. Begin to call out places. God, let your glory go to this city of Chicago. Hallelujah. Go to workplaces, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Show your glory, oh God. Show your glory in our workplaces, oh God. Show your glory at the dinner table, oh God. Show your glory in our families, Lord Jesus. 
Hallelujah, shine from our lives. Shine your glory from our lives, oh God. May we be a conduit of your glory, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Now listen, I want to just do one more thing. I want to pray for a fresh revelation. I want to pray, God, show me your glory. God, we long for you. And I just pray, oh God, for every person here that we would get into your presence, oh God. And Lord, that a proclamation would come from our lives as we get into your presence. Give us a longing for your glory, oh God. Give us a fresh revelation of who you are, Lord Jesus. We long for you, oh God. We want to see you in all your glory, Jesus. We need you, oh God. Lord, in this Christmas season, I pray that we would learn the lesson from the angels. That we would get into your presence. That we would proclaim your goodness. And Lord, that we would give you the praise to confirm all these things. Lord, we love you. And I pray, oh God, Lord, that we would seek you in the quiet place. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.